full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four World Championships. Can you believe it? Welcome to another episode, episode 27 of the Pesky Podcast. I'm the Rit, and with me, as always, is my main man, DC. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing well, man. Can't complain. Nice little weekend off from work. Dreading going back tomorrow. Nice little weekend off of work, and you know, I got got to put you on blast. Birthday weekend, DC. I had to push it all out of social media, you know? Yeah. How was your birthday? Do you remember it all? I know once you become a dad, things change. Yeah, I mean, it was very, uh, very uneventful, you know, not really what I'm used to. But now that I'm a dad and married, you know, I got to reel it in a little bit. Um, honestly, just sat at home, hung out with the fam, watched some uh, movies with my wife. But uh, that's all I can ask for, man. Hey, as you get married, kids get a little bit older. Those are the times that you want to sit there and, and have and, and and remember so yeah my hangovers are like three days long now so i can't really be uh going nuts like i used to uh speak oh, what a way to go right into our, our next thing speaking of hangovers how the heck are the boston red Sox going from winning six straight to splitting with the twins to losing two out of three to the chicago white Sox? Yeah, just uh, some inconsistencies, man. The the offense wants to show up one game, not there the next. Uh, you know, when our starters put a decent outing out, our, our bullpen kind of implodes, you know, and vice versa. Um, it's kind of tough to watch. I was pretty excited for the Twins and the, the White Sox series. I thought it was a, you know, point in the season where we could really, you know, you know, gain some ground, especially in the wild card. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, someone in the clubhouse looked over at the standings, was like, "Oh crap, we're over 500. Let's bring this back down." Yeah, man, I. It's tough. It's a long season, though. I'm trying to stay positive. Um, you know, I've tried to push down the the negative thoughts all season, but it's, it's getting tough. You know, we're getting to that point in the season where we really gotta, we either gotta, you know, shit or get off the pot. Yeah, um, but. On paper, early in the season, we sit there and I looked at this stretch as we played Twins, we played the White Sox, and then we played the Marlins. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice little, little, you know, we went three series in a row. But that's not the case with these Marlins. 
And we have somebody that been, that's been on the podcast before who did a fa- uh, fantasy draft with us. And we're going to bring him on now. And we're going to talk, uh, talk the upcoming series. You know, he is from Diamond Media. Let's bring on Nick. How you doing, guys? Glad to be here. Hey, what's going on? So, uh, man, the Marlins, the Marlins are are doing really well. They're one of the surprise teams this year. Uh, You know, tell us a little bit about the story so far. Well, I think everyone knows the main story, which is Louisa Rise still batting. I think he's at 399 after today, so still hovering around 400. Mm-hmm. Has been all season. Um, but, I mean, Yuri Perez is starting to break through into that. Um, he's the best rookie in the National League, not named Corbin Carroll. And you can make an argument he's better than Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. Pitch today, he's at 21 straight um, scoreless innings. I know the Red Sox are going to miss him, so. He's only 20 years old, so it would be cool to watch him pitch. But I think for the Red Sox, it's they're glad they didn't miss him. Um, I think the biggest surprise is how bad Sandy's been. He's got an ERA at 5.08, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been something like he will – I was at the game against the A's a few weeks ago. He went two perfect innings on, like, 18 pitches, gave up five runs in the third, and didn't give him a base runner through the rest of the game. He went seven innings five runs only gave up five hits all in one inning it was crazy i don't know what's wrong with him i, I don't know if it's the shift it's the pitch clock but he's kind of on like that manoa thing he's just been so bad all year but um a couple other guys if you want to look forward for um brian de la cruz is very underrated i think he reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of like austin hayes from the orioles um about a 750 800 ops guy will bat about 275 to 300. He might finish around 15 to 20 bombs. I think he's just a solid everyday player. And I think the Marlins always had great pitching, like great young pitching. It's just this year they're finding players that were black holes last year that are putting at least like a 700 or 650 OPS where they were putting up 450, 500 last year. So they just – they added a rise – Yuri basically replaced Sandy, and they're just getting a little bit of better hitting from the bottom of the order, which has made them 11 games over 500. Yeah. Uh, that's something the Red Sox can't say. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's very disappointing. So let's dive into this. Tuesday's game one starter, you know, you mentioned a little bit of uh, we go up against Sandy Alicantro. Uh, we're throwing out Garrett Whitlock. So, DC, uh, you, you want to talk uh, Garrett Whitlock first? Yeah, I mean, he's been a little, you know, iffy just coming back from the uh, the IL. I think he had a couple starts where he allowed four and runs. Um, the other, I think the other two, he had like one or two. His strikeouts are there. Um, yeah, I think as the season progresses, I think he'll kind of come back into his own. But uh, tough matchup. You know, they're playing very well. Obviously, like you just said, the surprise team. And honestly, I didn't realize that they are that far over 500. I mean, kind of paying attention, but not too much. But uh, as far as Whitlock, he's got to keep the command, you know, have that good uh, fastball slider, um, sinker too. Um, main thing is just commanding the commanding his pitches and not being afraid to throw strikes. Yeah, and you know what about uh, Sandy on your side there? Oh, I mean, it's like I said, it's really been one bad inning every start. Um, I think against the Pirates, he gave up five and one inning. Against the A's, he gave up five and one inning. Um, but he's been he looks good. It's not like his stuff's not there. I don't know if it's the shift. 
I don't know if it's the pitch clock. He just isn't the same as he was last year, and it's kind of unfortunate. It'd be fun to watch him. Yeah. Uh, man, if you would sit there and, and on paper and not know what Sandy's doing this year, this here would be, would be the game you're like, well, that's a lock, you know, because yeah. it's Alicantra. Like, he's he's the beast, you know what I mean? So, uh, it, it's it's going to be fun to see what what inning he implodes in. And because sometimes the Red Sox have trouble even scoring one run, you know, let alone he, he gave up five. Mm-hmm. So, uh, game two, you guys are pitching uh, the lefty, Garrett. We, uh, yeah. we don't really have anybody – to be determined right now. Uh, it, it could be uh, Walter could be God forbid, please hope not Corey Kluber. Uh, you know, we got, we got Pavetta, you know, yeah, we, I was thinking probably Pavetta or one of the rookie lefties or something. I don't know. Yeah. So the, tell it us a little bit about oh, anybody but him. Yeah, like, anybody but Kluber. That'd be rough, man. But uh, about, tell, tell yeah, everybody Braxton about, about – yeah. Yeah. So Braxton Garrett is tall, lefty, um, nasty curveball. Yeah. He's coming off the best start of his career, in my opinion. He went seven innings, 13 Ks. I mean, it was against the Pirates who were playing awful at the time, but I, he was nasty. Um, I think he's a good matchup against the Red Sox because they have so many good lefties. I think him and Jesus, who's pitching the third game, are good looks at, against the Red Sox lineup. Um, he was a 2016 first-round pick, so he's not like a fluke. He's not just the guy that came out of nowhere. Took him a little bit longer to develop, but he looks like he's finally there. So I guess the Marlins are happy about that. He's but he's like a four or five guy. He's nice to have on a good team, four or five pitcher. Yeah, uh, I'm actually you know, happy to see some left-handed pitchers because we got Rob Snyder. And mm-hmm. he and he does damage on left-handed pitchers. He loves them. Uh, well, what are what are your thoughts of, of having two lefties and knowing that you know, of course, one man can't beat a team, but you know he can do damage in key situations. Well, if Duvall was hot right now, yeah, I feel like that's the guy you need to, if you're going to beat lefties. I know is Verdugo still on the rebound yeah, list this Ver, series? Verdugo is still on the rebound list. Like I don't Tuesday, know. If I think. Yeah, he should be back by Tuesday. So, uh, but it, it might take Verdugo a game or two to get in, back in the swing of things. Yeah, if the lefties or the righties against the lefties, I'd, uh, Russ Snyder's nasty against lefties always. Duvall's been kind of bad since he came back. But, you know, Wong's the everyday catcher now, especially with McGuire hurt. Mm-hmm. That's another righty. Turner's been, you know, and, and Turner's been though. hot. Yeah, Turner's been hot. Besides that, I would say they're better hitters or lefties, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it looks like you know possibly we could do do a bullpen game. Depends on how uh, how deep Whitlock goes into into the the game one for us. Uh, it worked out pretty well the last two times. Uh, you know, Brian uh, Walter didn't sit there and give up too many. Uh, I was even surprised Ort gave up the first two runs uh, when he mm-hmm. opened for us. Like I seen that uh, as an opener, I was like, okay, we lost this one. But then uh, Murphy came in and he he's just been you know lights out for us. Uh, surprisingly, 
DC, uh, any thoughts on a, on a possible, you know, bullpen matchup or bullpen game we could be throwing against them? I'm with him. Uh, if I had to choose, I'd probably go Pavetta or you can kind of do like a hybrid with Pavetta since he's, you know, probably not as stretched out as he, as he would be since he's not in the, the, the rotation anymore, but maybe go with him three, four innings. Um, get Murphy to do a couple innings. Um, I know Winkowski kind of had a rough outing last time out with uh, three home runs given up, but you have him in there at the end of the game. Um, but I, I prefer to kind of go Pavetta with the longer route. Um, but obviously it all depends on what happens with uh, get Whitlock start on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, game three, you guys are throwing Lazardo, and we got our new ace, Ryan Bayo, going. So uh, tell us a little bit about Lazardo. I actually uh, grew up playing against Lazardo, so I know a lot about him. Um, yeah, that's wild. That's awesome. Yeah, Lazardo. Um, he's like about a three-quarter arm slot, maybe a little lower lefty. Sits around 95, 96 fastball, and um, he's mostly a fastball changeup guy. He's got a slider a little bit too. Um, I'm trying to think who I would compare him to. He's he's like a what Whitlock is, but a lefty, I would say, maybe a little, a little bit better um, velocity. Uh, great changeup, just from the left side, kind of like Whitlock has, and he throws a slider, a little like sparingly slider. Okay. Good command. Uh, um, he does yeah. every once in a while have a blow up start. We'll give it like six, seven runs, but lately he's been going on runs where like five, six, great in it, great starts, and then he'll give up like a five, six spot. So he's he's due for a bad like a clunker every once in a while. Yeah, his ERA is a three seven seven, so it's not like he gives them up on the regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he's he's like a big. I think he's a big strikeout guy. I would say too. Um, tough on lefties, righties hit him pretty decent, at least last year. I don't know the exact like batting average against and stuff like that this year, but last year he was way better against lefties than righties for sure. Yeah. DC, you want to talk about our, our, our new pride, our, our new ace, uh, Brian Bayo? Yeah, I mean, one of the most consistent things we've had in the last, you know, month or two. Um, really think he's coming into his own. Uh, fastball changeup just looks incredible. Um, his strikeouts are there. Not to sound like a broken record, like I said, with Whitlock, but his command's there, too, which is kind of opening up a lot of the, you know, the plate for him to throw at. Just just super stoked to have <laughs> have a, a consistent, you know, anchor at this point. Obviously the bad news with Chris Sale losing, you know, the the guy that I thought was going to be our ace this season. Um Bale was everything we needed right now. Uh yeah, definitely. Uh overall let, let's go to the to the uh the lineup and compare and contrast a little bit. Uh because okay. this is this is a different lineup. Uh we're used to the Red Sox. Got a lot of young faces being called up. Uh, David Hamilton, uh, he, he's just been grease lightning. Like, I I sit there, and DC and I seen him live uh, down in AAA, and he was, I thought he was fast, but I don't know if the camera does some sort of magic where he's, like, goes from first to third, second to home. Like, you blink, and he's there. Yeah, that's uh, wild. You know, we brought up Cable, Caleb Hamilton as uh, a backup catcher now. Uh, you know, it's just – it's a completely different look. Dahlbeck's uh, making his, his name and presence felt back up on 
the uh, the main roster. So, but let's talk about the, the Marlins a little bit here. Uh, one what? thing I've noticed about the the Marlins roster is you guys don't shy away from second basemen. Like yeah, you guys they have, like have six of them. You guys have six uh, second basemen, but they play multiple other positions. So, mm-hmm. uh, th- talk about the the uh, the Marlins lineup and the Marlins offense a little bit. So, while they've been in the hot stretch recently in the last like twenty games, Arise has been leading off. Um, Skip Schumacher played around with Jazz leading off early in the year, and Arise Platt second or third. But I don't think he's moving Arise out of leadoff spot for the rest of the season. So Arise plays second; he's the actual second baseman. And then, um, depending on starting pitcher, usually Solaire will bat second, play DH. Mm-hmm. He's, I, don't, I think he's had twenty-one bombs. He top five in the league in bombs right now. Batting around two fifty. He's having a good year. Um, third, when he's healthy, is usually Jazz. Um, there's a chance Jazz makes a comeback for this series, but I don't think he will. I think it'll be the next series. Still hurt. Um, had to play like three games in AAA before this, but I don't think he'll be back for this season or this series at least. Um, fourth is right or third right now is usually De La Cruz, who's been playing left field, but usually with Jazz, he'd play uh, bat fourth. Um, Jesus Sanchez, who's coming along great late. He was awful the last two years. He sucked. He had like a five, 500 OPS, struck out like 30% of his at-bats. Now he's a serviceable player. He's playing usually right field or DH, depends. The Solaire's plan depends on like a tough righty. Um, where it gets really bad is now that Gene Segura has been awful this year. They signed him in the offseason. They had signed yeah. him to play third base. Was pretty good the last few years in the Phillies. Not special, but you know, batting sixth or seventh in the lineup, you would love him to just get on base. He was awful. So now it's John Birdie, who is good defense, fast. He actually led the league in stolen bases last year. I don't Dude, know. He went off really. last year in stolen bases. Yeah, not many people noticed that, but he had I think forty something last year, and he was most in the league. Um, and Joey Wendell, if you remember him, played shortstop mostly. It used to be a Birdie and Wendell platoon. Um, mm-hmm. but didn't right Birdie now, start getting like playing time late? Or not like not late, but like a month or two into the season. Yeah, he didn't really play because Jazz is playing center, Wendell's playing shortstop, and Segura was playing third. And then Rise obviously is not coming out. And then first base, they have like a platoon between Garrett Cooper and Yuli Guriel. Yeah. Which is like average, whatever. Guriel was awful last year. He's at he's batting like two sixty five, so he's he's getting on base. He's doing his thing. Um, uh, it's honestly, Rise gets on base. Jorge Soler hits a home run. Brian De La Cruz is an above average baseball player. And then once Jazz is back, they hope to take off and just hope the pitching can carry them like it has done. Yeah, uh, th- that's that's one thing about the Marlins. I've always the Marlins. It's kind of like the Florida. Marlins mm-hmm. and the Rays both are able to sit there and lose pitching, but still have amazing pitching. Like you, when you guys traded, uh, was it Lopez? Yeah, Pablo Lopez. Yep. Yeah, you know, I was like, man, that, that's a that's one of your key pieces. You know, you guys are building that with down there, and you guys are like, yep, uh, we got next man up. You know, was it nice to have? Yeah, but we have plenty of others. We're going to show you more. And they have more. It's 
I mean, Sixto Sanchez pitched in the 2020 playoffs. Who knows where he is? People don't even think he's real. Like he, he is so far yeah. in like rookie ball right now, like trying to get things back. And no one knows where if he's ever going to play again. But they're saying hopefully he can be up by like August. But I doubt it. Uh, Trevor Rogers had a really good rookie year. He's still up there. And then Max Meyer is a top 50 prospect who just had Tommy John. So they have the arms to deal if they want to go get the offense, which is what they need to do. Yeah. And I, I think finally they're set up in a spot at the deadline that they could add. So we'll yeah. see what happens. So, DC, you want to go over some of the uh, some of the new look Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, Hamilton excites me, as we just said, is his speed's unreal, um, just as long as he get on base. Obviously, he showed a little power the game that we, we got to see in Scram Booksbear when he hit those two home runs. Um, it's kind of it's cool to see Dalbeck back up, you know, obviously a little salty with uh, with Bobby D, but we'll, we'll leave that for another time. But uh, I don't know how many times, you know, how many more opportunities he's going to get. So I feel like he really needs to put something together um, these next few weeks if he wants to stay up here. Um, I don't know too much about Hamilton, the catcher. Uh, I haven't really been able to watch too many of the games this past weekend with the the birthday and all that stuff and kid stuff going on. But you tell me anything about him, Josh? Uh, Caleb, I I think he's really I, I enjoy him a lot. Uh, he's pretty decent defensively. Uh, behind okay. the behind the plate, he can sit there and he can call a decent game. Uh, you know he, he's a little bit above average. You, you know you're not going to get a lot of power, but he's going to be consistent uh, with contact. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm also pretty excited about Devers. He seems like he's coming alive a little bit. I mean, he's just kind of scuffling there. Obviously, his RBI numbers and home runs are there, but you know, knocking in a couple multi-hit uh, performances the last few games. I think he had two out of four. He had at least two hits in. Um, and Justin Turner has been, you know, been consistent. Probably one of our most consistent bats besides uh, Verdugo. But yeah, I mean, I'm, other than other than Hamilton and uh, Caleb, you know, it's all kind of the same thing other than Duvall. I'd like to see him kind of pick it back up to, you know, where he left off when he got hurt. But obviously, a wrist injury and batting isn't going to just happen right away. You know, you get that timing down and all that. Uh, me personally, I'd love to see more of uh, 10 minutes before the game starts. And, hey, uh, Christian, uh, you, you're starting. Because that it, when, what, five for five? It, it was, it was yeah. ridiculous, you know. So – uh, let's go bullpen because bullpen is something that, that I really don't know much about with the Marlins, you know? So, uh, Nick, can you sit there and, and, and intrigue us with, with, uh, with the Marlins bullpen? Uh, AJ Puck is the closer. I know he's never been really that good with the A's, but somehow this is, he's having a great season and the Marlins have never had, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Leo Nunez. No, who, he was one of those guys that changed his name. I totally forget what he what he didn't change his name. He came, I think he's Cuban. Came from Cuba, had a different name, and then found out they had to change his name. But his original name was Leo Nunez, and everyone was saying that this AJ Puck has been the best Marlins closer since Leo Nunez. He hasn't been there since '09, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. It's their first close, good closer in a while um other names to look out for tanner scott has been really good he actually blew a save last night though but he's been really good he's probably been their second best reliever so far um 
Brazoban, another guy throws hard, um, has been scuffling lately, but has been one of their most reliable guys also. Um, you know, Matt Barnes is on the aisle at the moment, so you won't see him. I know the Marlins won't see Blyer either, so that trade was basically a wash both ways. So, um, O'Kurt, pretty good. Stephen O'Kurt, uh, a lot of ground ball guy, gets a lot of outs that way, effective. Besides that, I mean, AJ Puck, Skip Schumacher lets him go six outs if he needs to, so you might see that. I, I doubt it, but it's something that might happen. He's done it a couple times this season. Yeah, uh, our bullpen's been hit or miss overall. Like, sometimes they can sit there and come in, and we, we can just mow through the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth. Other times, you know, we just implode like, you know, Wink did a couple nights ago. So, DC, uh, you want to go over our bullpen for us? Yeah, so closers, obviously, uh, Jansen. Um, I mean, he gave up a run his last appearance, but uh, other than that, he's been – Pretty spotless over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of my favorite signings of the offseason, Chris Martin, our setup guy. He, uh, he's been lights out. I think he's got like a 1.50 ERA. He'll get your strikeouts in, in big moments. Um, Winkowski, he's been pretty consistent the whole season other than the last couple of appearances. I think like three out of five or I don't know, like three out of the last six or so, he's led at least one or two runs. Um, not as many strikeouts as he was having in the beginning of the game. Um, Murphy's come, or come up, you know, performed pretty well. But that has been pretty decent in this short amount of appearances that he's had. Uh, he hasn't had allowed a lot of earn run in a pretty decent amount of time. I mean, other than that, yeah, it's been kind of wishy-washy. You don't really know what you're going to get. Like I said earlier, you're going to have a good start, and then it seems like the bullpen falls apart, you know. And then or you get you get a starter that comes in, gives up four runs in four innings, and then the, the bullpen kind of, you know, picks it up. But that's when our offense kind of scuffles. So it's kind of a mixed bag. You don't really know what you're going to get each day, but, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we uh, we want to sit there and talk about series MVP. But before that, uh, Nick, do you want to sit there and, and, and enlighten us? I know we only play you guys, you know, every so often. Uh, okay. Every year. I think we're going to be playing you guys every year now, pretty much. Yeah, I think next year will be in Miami. So, yeah. Yeah. So – uh, enlighten everybody, some people do uh, that's on your uh, farm system that you know to keep an eye on. Some people like to play fantasy baseball. Some people just lo- love to keep an eye out for great talent. So, Perez, uh, obviously number one. Um, he actually graduated tomorrow. He'll be enough days to graduate and end his rookie status, so he'll no longer be a prospect tomorrow. Um, after that, there is very little offensive talent in the system. Jacob Amaya was just called up, who was traded from the Dodgers to the Marlins for Miguel Rojas, who I think was a guy that a lot of Red Sox fans thought maybe just grabbed to play shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Amaya, I think, is like the 10th highest, um, 10th rated Marlins prospect to MLB.com. I don't, I'm not huge, huge in the prospects, but the MLB.com, he's number 10. And he may get an inning or two at shortstop this in, uh, series. You never know. Um, he dominated in AAA. He batted like 280 with like 12, 13 home runs. So I wouldn't say dominated, but he put up good stats and he's in the majors now. Just got caught up a couple of days ago. 
Jacob Berry was their first round pick last year. Um, ranked high, he's been awful. Um, I think he was a big D1 third baseman. Um, they drafted in the first round, high up in the first round. He's just been very bad. I think he's still in like single A, not doing much. Um, Brian Hoeing is a starter who just had a, he makes spot starts every once in a while. He's in the top 10 at least. He's pretty good. I think he's good. I think he's good enough to be a four or five guy in the major league somewhere, but he just doesn't fit on the rotation right now. Um, so besides, they don't have tons, but they have a lot of, they don't have any high-end guys like the Red Sox do, like Mayer or Blides, but they have a lot of mid-tier starters and mid-tier okay hitters, I would say. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk series MVP now. Uh, DC, who are you picking to be the Red Sox series MVP? Um... I'm going to go with Yoshida. I think he has a good series. I uh, actually thought he was kind of scuffling because he's been kind of quiet, but uh, I mean, he's quietly hitting over 300 right now, but um, I think he comes out and has a pretty decent series. Maybe a home run, you know, even seen one of those in a little bit from him, um, but I think he can do some damage, which is kind of tough with two lefties, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. Nick, who is going to be your series MVP from the Marlins? If the Marlins win the series... Besides Luis Arise, the MVP would be Derek Cooper. Oh, okay. If I like that. The Red Sox win the series, I'll give it to Justin Turner. Just okay. better righty against two lefty starters. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. I'm going to sit there and say Tristan Casas will be the, the MVP. I, I think Casas is in the month of June, has been putting it together. What I'll way? say something. Sorry. Tristan Costas and Jesus Lazardo have grown up uh, facing each other also. So it's not like they haven't seen each other before. Yeah. Cool so, little tidbit there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So so uh, I'm saying that – I'm saying Costas, he's put, putting together a great month. And what a way to end the month. You know, putting it all together, I'm going to say two home runs. And – you know, four RBIs. So that's who I'm picking for the MVP. Uh, Nick, mm-hmm. what's what's the series going to be? Out of three games, what are you thinking? Without knowing who the Red Sox starters game is, starter is for game two, I'm going to say the Red Sox take game one, the Marlins take the next two. Okay, you're saying I, Marlins that could change. Two out of I three. think the I think the Sox put up a big game against. Sandy, he keeps scuffling, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. DC, what are you thinking? I think Sox take two out of three. I think uh, the Saturday game worries me a little bit, but um, yeah, Sox two out of three. Uh, who do we end this season? With Toronto? Boom, boom. Okay, I'm going to sit there and go Marlins two out of three Ooh. to hey Ooh. we we got we got to keep 500 ball for some reason I don't know why but we have to keep 500 ball and I think we could take game one in Toronto uh playing Toronto so for us to take game one that means we got to lose two against the Marlins 
So I'm saying I'm saying we lose two out of three to keep our 500 ball going. At first, I was like, "What the hell are you talking about, Toronto, man? We're talking about Miami." Hey, and I figure out what you're talking about. So, uh, Nick, want to thank you for stopping by. Love talking Marlins baseball with you. Love talking Red Sox baseball with you. You know, yes, yeah. just just because you cover like the both. Marlins doesn't mean that that you don't know your your socks. I still like both, of course. Do you guys want the socks to add or sell at the deadline? I want them to buy. Tough question. I'll, I'll take. Tough. I'll take. I'll take them to sell. There's a couple pieces that we can sell to probably get some get some things, and then and then make make a nice nice push in the off season next uh, this year coming up. Yeah, I That's think that a month though. Yeah, right now I want them to just unload it all and everybody go keep everybody or keep everyone except or sell everybody except Verdugo. Wrong. Yoshida, everyone, or maybe Duran. I don't know. Everyone else could buy. Man, uh, they no, should have no. done it last off season, but they should have done it when they had Bogarts. They had Avaldi. They could have gotten a lot more for those guys. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm for get rid of sell Kike, sell Duvall, sell I'm Paxton. With, uh, yeah, Paxton's one guy if he's not seriously hurt. You I'm know? on board with just DFA and Kike at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, get get some snacks for the concession stand for Corey Kluber. Uh, I, I feel bad. He's just taking someone's spot who deserves it. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm I'm even for uh, getting rid of uh, Turner. Right, Trey yeah, Turner. Right now, he's hot. I'm, I'm nah. cool with turning Turner. Oh, yeah, I, thought, I was, just say, man, like DFA. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh no, 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 oh, no, 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 trade no. him, trade him. Yeah, Heck. I'm cool with trading Turner. Uh I, I would possibly. I know DC is not going to like this. I would even sit there and say if Kurt, if Martin's doing good, I'm even willing to trade him. And, I mean, yeah, he's right that, you know, I wouldn't mind. I mean, yeah, if we're in like a month from now, and what we're like five to six games out of the last wild card, mm-hmm. by all means, you know what I mean. Well, if but, at in mid July, you're five six or the Sox are five six games under. You got to sell. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose. I mean, if they sell everybody, they could win 70 games. And hopefully but. after the debacle we had last uh, trade deadline with them not realizing what the hell they want to do, they'll kind of be more focused. I just don't want them to be 500 at the deadline and still have no realistic shot and then yeah. buy. I'd like to see them at least like five to eight games above 500 to sell. I mean, not sell, I don't, uh, buy. I don't see but I don't see them there. I don't think it'll happen all year. No. So, but uh, Nick, want to sit there and let everybody know where they can uh, reach out to you to talk Marlins, to talk Red Sox. Uh, the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Diamond and Media anytime you want. And uh, that's about it, guys. I enjoyed coming on. Hey, hey man, appreciate uh, it. I sit there and, and love with spring training because, you know, th- that's where you and I was doing a lot of our talking. Yeah, spring like, training hey, was so fun. I'm like, what's going on down there? You know, you you were like the inside man for us. I honestly I was walking down the stairs of the stadium yesterday, and I'm like, I kind of miss spring training. Like, I know we're in the middle of the season. It's like game 75, but I'm like, spring training was fun. Like, hey, could have gone anywhere uh, I wanted. 
It was so cool. Uh, I sit there and miss spring training just because uh, I had expectations. I had high hopes. <laughs> yeah, and they were winning. They were had that big winning. Was, yeah. Weren't they like 9-0 and to start the year or start the spring training? It was crazy. Yeah, and, and then we ended up close to 500. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. So Kind of how the team's going to be all year. Yeah. But, uh, hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, you know, we appreciate you giving us some of your time. Uh, you're welcome, guys. Hey, thanks a lot, Nick. All right, thanks. Bye. Man, DC, that was Nick. Uh, he's our go-to guy for the Marlins. Uh, plus, he, he was the one that, that was getting all the sweet information for us on spring training. Yeah, it was cool to get to converse with him. Um, obviously, I had to miss that uh, the draft that you had that he was on for that. So, cool to kind of put a face with the name. Um, man, he's really knowledgeable, man. He knows his shit. Yeah, we definitely got to do another one of those uh, all-time fantasy Red Sox drafts, too. I'd be down. So, but uh, DC, uh, you and I, we got to sit down with uh, with another. Wait, man, we just been sitting down with a lot of a lot of farm system prospects this year. You know, these past couple weeks. So. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff, man. It's cool to talk to the future. Um, you know, kind of grow with them is our goal. You know create those relationships and uh it's just cool to kind of be able to watch them progress through the through the minors yeah so uh guys dc and i got to sit down with tyler dearden so here it is well dc we are here with yet another interview from the farm system of the boston red sox this guy here is he's playing for double a right now portland he is on the hottest team in our farm system right now with all eyes on that team. And he's one of the reasons why people are watching the game. He is the outfielder, Mr. Tyler Durden. Thank you guys for having me. What's going on, Tyler? How you What's doing? Up, doing good. Doing good. So, uh, man, you, you're on the Portland Sea Dogs. Right now, you guys are the hottest team in the organization. You guys, from top to bottom right now, are stacked with talent, uh, including yourself. So let's uh, let's start let's start going back to the beginning. I always like to ask, what got you into baseball, and what other sports did you guys uh, did you play at a younger age? Were you the all around athlete? Yeah. So um, growing up, I played. You know, a little bit of soccer uh, that that didn't go too long, but uh, played basketball up until high school, um, and then baseball always. Uh, my dad kind of got me into baseball at a young age. He uh, he coached at the College of New Jersey Division Three, and uh, for a while when I was growing up, so I was always around the field, um, always around the batting cages. He was a hitting coach there, so he would always take me, and I would just hang out with the older guys and you know, kind of just learn from them. And that's kind of where I, I started, started to learn baseball and kind of fell in love with the game then. Uh, who was some of your, uh, the soup, the stars, the players at the time that you enjoyed watching? So back then, are you talking like MLB guys? Yeah. MLB guys. Yeah. So, uh, for me growing up in New Jersey, um, I was a big Jeter guy growing up. Love, love watching Derek Jeter. I know that might be uh, 
not the best thing to say on here, but <laughs> I was a big, big Jeter guy growing up. Nah, for man, sure. he's a legend. Yeah. Uh, you you can't you can't disregard the team he played for, but he because he he had talent. He was well respected, you know. And now he's down there in Miami doing his thing. Yeah. Uh But you know, you, just just because he plays for the well, I don't even want to say the other team, you know, but. <laughs> Uh, you, you you can't disregard of of his stature uh, and his place in in history. One hundred percent. No, he's uh, he's one of the one of the best to do it for sure. So Are you grew uh, up a Yankee fan, then? Yeah. So I wasn't gonna come out and just say that, but yes, I did no, grow up good, a Yankees. <laughs> did grow up a Yankees fan. What, what, what hey, was hey. that like uh, coming up through the you know, coming up through the Red Sox? Is that kind of weird? You know, like as, yeah, you know, as a kid, as a Yankees fan. Yeah, you know, you grow up as a Yankees fan and then drafted by Boston. It kind of changes, you know, as you get older, at least for me and being around the game more, I kind of not, I'm not so much into watching baseball as much because we are playing almost at the same time as those guys. So it's like not really as much of a fan anymore. So it's been, been normal. I kind of, I wouldn't even say I really root for a team right now. Kind of just a baseball fan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy because, you know, since we started our podcast and uh, at the end of the February uh, and, and MLB.TV gave us, you know, the MILB package included. I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to I'm trying to watch as much, you know, triple A, double A as, as possible. But a lot of times all the games are playing at the same time. It's yeah. like, you know, you got you got to pick and choose or you got to be like Jared Carabas and have 23 TVs in your living room. <laughs> You know, yeah, we're not on that but level I, yet. No, I, I, I got a tablet, a phone, and a computer, and I'm good. That's all you need. Yeah. So, uh, working, working your way up in your organization, uh, what was it like uh, to be drafted by the organization? Yeah, so it was. Um... I mean, it was one of those experiences that you, you know, as a kid, everyone's played professional baseball. And, you know, when I got that call, I was actually uh, playing in the Carpenter Cup over in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, high school Carpenter Cup. And, you know, to get that call, it was just, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's a, you know, a life-changing call, something that I would, you know, I worked for my whole life. And just to get that call. You know, obviously at that time, wasn't sure if I was going to sign or not, but just to, you know, be selected by a, a major league organization, you know, that they believe in you and they want you to be a part of their organization. It just meant a lot. Uh, if you were, if you didn't get drafted, what were your options and, uh, you know, what were you looking at to do? Yeah, no. So I was committed to Penn State. Um, that was still an option. Uh, was actually thinking about, potentially decommitting and going the JUCO route to Chipola. So there were a couple different options throughout, um, kind of weighed the options. And for me, it was just, you know, I, you never know if you're going to get that opportunity again. I know, you know, you play the odds and, you know, I mean, I would like to think I most likely would have gotten drafted again, but, you know, you never know, you know, injuries happen, all these crazy things happen. So for me, it was, I didn't want to put that in jeopardy and, you know, I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, what, what was it like, you know, spring training, your first spring training uh, experience? 
uh, getting to know your team because going from low A to high A, you know, to now double A, like each experience is different. You got to, you know, you have some of the same guys on your team that get called up and put down. Uh, so what was the experience overall like? Yeah, first spring training, it, it's kind of eye-opening and kind of kind of grounding for sure. You know, you're you're kind of riding high off getting drafted. You know, you think you're you think you're the man, and you show up to spring training, and there's 150 guys. You know what I mean? That are all very talented, and you have the big league guys that are there too. So it kind of kind of humbles you a little bit, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Spring training is definitely a cool experience because you're with all the guys from all the levels you know, mixing and matching on fields and, you know, you're around the big league guys and, you know, you get opportunities to, you know, play in big league spring training games and stuff like that. It's, it's an awesome experience. Yeah. And with the Red Sox organization, they always uh, have their, their veterans, their, you know, their alumni at spring training at some point, you know, uh, you got tech that's on the team, uh, as doing his role but then you got pedro stops by and and talks to the pitchers you know you've got ortiz coming to make an appearance and and talking uh pedroia you know you i love when i see him yeah seeing what he helped with jaron duran uh in the mm -hmm. off season uh really turned things around oh uh, did you have any interactions with any of the alumni and and what was it like so not in spring training but in 2019 uh, Dustin Pedroia rehabbed with us in Greenville and low. That was when Greenville was low A in 2019. That was when he was coming back from, that was kind of the end, the beginning of the end for him. We was trying to come back from that knee injury. It just wasn't, just wasn't right. But he was a, a great guy to have in the clubhouse. And at the time, I guess I was 20 years old. And just to, you know, it, it was weird sharing a locker room with Dustin Pedroia. I'm like looking around and you know being in the same lineup as him and just watching him go about his business and you could tell he wasn't right but he was still doing everything he could to to try and come back and you know he's one of like you talk about jeter you talk about pedroia on the other side of second base i mean they're two of the two of the best to do it yeah with pedroia i always uh if his uniform wasn't dirty, he, I, I never thought he was playing baseball. You know what I mean? Right. He was always, always grinding, always diving, doing whatever he could uh, on the field and, you know, at bat. For sure. So, uh, you're on Portland now. Yep. All eyes are on you guys right now for a plethora of reasons. <laughs> Marcelo Myers there, Nick York. They're saying that they're, they're our future infield right there working together. Uh, what is it like now with all the extra reporters, you know, all the extra pressure for you guys there in Portland? Yeah, no. Yeah. Kind of all eyes are on us. We're actually, I think we're a half game back out of first with eight to play. I think next week is the end of the first half. So, um, yeah, we're we're trying to win ball games right now. Obviously, you know the minor leagues is about development, but you know as you get closer to the end, you know you want to win games. And I think when uh, our manager Chad Epperson talks about, you know, winning is part of development because you want to win in the big leagues. So right now, you know we're playing to, to win these games and to win the first half. And but like like you said, I mean we have we have some guys here right now. Our lineup is is really good with 
with the young guys, uh, Marcelo's, he's only been here for a couple weeks, but unbelievable just to watch him. He's so talented for being 20 years old. And Nick York, who I'm actually good friends with, um, we played together in high A in 21 towards the end of the year, became friendly to another unbelievable player. And, you know, we have Rafaela, who's also I played oh, with him for a little while now, just watching he's him, done. like some of the things he does, it's just like sharing the outfield with him is like, I love when he's in center. Cause I'm like, all right, I, I just got to cover the line to my right and he'll, he'll catch anything to my left. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just uh, have like, yeah, no. like seeing, seeing Sedania out there, it kind of like gives me flashbacks of when uh, Jackie Bradley was out there. Now I'm not saying like they're on the same level, but the amount of field that he can cover, like you said, you got the line, he's got everything else. Like that's, that's a good feeling. Yeah, no, for sure. I always, I always joke with him when I'm out there and left, I go, you got left and center tonight. And he just laughs. I got you. Just let me know. (laughs) So, but he's awesome. He's awesome. He plays the game the right way. And you know, he's, he's a legit five tool player. He's, he's, five tool player and it's it's just fun to watch him when he's going and it's fun to watch a lot of the guys on our team and like Marcelo and Yorkie uh Chase Mydrell it's been really impressive since he's been up here guy just gets in the box and puts together good at bats and hits and it, it's been fun and you know for me uh, uh being like an older guy and these younger guys in double a with Yorkie and Meyer coming up just trying to you know be a leader and try and share my experiences that I that I've gone through in the minor leagues and do whatever I can to help those guys because you know like you said those guys are the future and you know I want to do whatever I can to help well you said you say like they're the future come on Tyler <laughs> you're you're part of the future too you know uh you you've got you've got the speed I I've seen you you know uh have a triple and yeah. it, it looks so easy for you like you know because you you dig you dug it out and you just you know you went you know there's no when you hit the ball you're you're not slouching coming out uh you know coming out of the box uh you know so you got the speed you've got a great arm in the outfield you know you got to sit there and give yourself that credit too and not just give it to everybody else no for sure you know uh obviously you know i but i believe in myself and you know i believe i'm a good player but i i love to uh give the other guys credit, you know, where credit's due. And these guys are, these guys are some really good players, man. So I love, I love hyping them up. So, okay, Tyler, we're going to pause from baseball a little bit. Sounds good. What do you like to do in your spare time? Yeah. So for me, uh, you know, I picked up golf about two years ago. I've been, I've been learning to golf a little bit, uh, Breaking a hundred consistently now, so we're we're getting there. Hopefully, there you not, go, man. hopefully nineties next. Uh, we're not there yet. I just kind of got the the lefty slice, the baseball swing. So we're we're working on it. If I can if I can get off the tee box, I'll be all right. And yeah, um, let's play play some video games here and there. Some Fortnite, some Call of Duty. Um, Yo, he said Call of Duty though, so don't give me that look about Fortnite. All right. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Are you guys, what are, what are you guys, Fortnite and Call of Duty? I'm a big you, Call of you, Duty guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not good I'm by big, any means. I, I'm a, I'm a big Fortnite guy. Uh, I, I love, I love playing it. You know, we just got them talking to uh, uh, Maceo and, and he's a big Fortnite guy and him and I are going to hook up and 
and play some Fortnite together. Tyler, you're, you'll be more than welcome to join us. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah, I haven't been on Fortnite in a little while. Uh, during the off season, I play a bunch with, um, uh, Chaz McCormick with the Astros, one of my, uh, one of my buddies who, uh, he's a big Fortnite guy, loves Fortnite. So after we work out in the mornings, we, we hop on Fortnite. I haven't played as much during the season though, but you know, I'll get back into it. Are you a, uh, you play builds or no builds? Uh, I hate build. I can't build. I'm not that good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I hear you. I'm, I'm all for the no builds. Yeah, <laughs> bro. If I, if I do play, I play no build because yeah. my building uh, skills are a trash. Yeah. My, my, my son's uh, 13 and he plays Fortnite and he always is busting on me and I'm, and I just go down to one thing. I'm like, how many solo wins do you have? He's like, that, that that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm like, I got more I got more solo wins. That's all that matters to me. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember I'm trying to think when Fortnite first came out. I think it was like when it first really got going was twenty like seventeen. Seven, end of seventeen. Yeah, it was actually it was that first off season after I got drafted. And I remember just like after working out, like I couldn't wait to get home and play Fortnite with the boys, and we were so bad, and we would just hide in bushes till the end and try and <laughs> yeah. win, and you know, getting that win, you post it on social media, like that was a thing, and it, that was a, that was sweating, a good time. Yeah, <laughs> that was one heck of a time. <laughs> yeah, uh, DC, he's more the Call of Duty guy. I've, I've tried that. I'm not very good at Call of Duty at all. So I'm not good. I just yeah. I've been a big Call of Duty guy, but uh, yeah, I still play the new one a little bit. Uh, some of the guys we actually play Search and Destroy together some nights. Um, but yeah, I grew up playing uh, MW2 was probably my favorite favorite that or Black Ops. It's for me. Yeah, there's I can agree with those. MW ah, yeah MW3 I liked MW3 a lot. That was like my my game. But so, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Going back to baseball now, what exactly, uh, who are your close relationships with, uh, and who was the biggest influence so far to kind of take you under your wing and like give you advice? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, on this team, uh, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of younger guys, I would say a lot of guys that were in high last year, um, this year, I was really close with uh, Stephen Scott, who just got called up to uh, to Worcester not too long ago. He's um, a really good dude. Uh, we actually lived together, so spent a lot of time with him. You know, good baseball background, played at Vandy. Pretty sure he won the College World Series at Vandy. You know, just knows a lot about the game and just picking his brain. Um, let me think. Scotty, you know, Yorkie. I talk with Yorkie all the time. We we like to talk hitting together, you know, just trying to pick each other's brains, you know, two different hitters, him hitting from the right side, me hitting from the left side, just trying to share our, you know, what's working for him, what's not working for him, how how we're going to attack the pitchers, you know, what's he throwing us and how we're going to make adjustments. So love talking hitting with Yorkie for sure. And then I would say, you know, probably got the most advice from him. Probably uh, – guys out of this organization uh you know some friends that i work out with back home uh brian o'keefe with the seattle mariners he de debuted last year for a little bit he's over in triple a in tacoma uh, he's one of uh, my really good friends you know i was at his wedding this off season and guy that's been around for a long time in the game 
uh, been in the minor leagues for eight or nine years. So, you know, a guy that just gets it and, you know, whenever things aren't going great or, you know, something doesn't feel right, struggling a little bit at the plate, you know, that's a guy I, I reach out to and call and, you know, he, he kind of, he, he gets it and, you know, gets me back on track. So I appreciate him. Uh, game day ritual. What, what is something you do before every game? Yeah. Oh, so you beat me to me, it, man. You beat me to it. Oh. <laughs> so for me, kind of game day ritual kind of starts starts early. Uh, so kind of the night before for me is I like to look uh look at the pitcher we're facing, kind of go on our our database and kind of look him up, see what what he's throwing try and watch videos against lefties, see where guys are doing damage on them, where guys getting hits, what pitches, all that stuff. So that kind of starts early the night before just to kind of, you know, sleep on that a little bit and, you know, prepare for the next day. But uh, game day ritual, I'd say for me, it starts with a coffee. I'm a big coffee guy. So, you know, where we're on the road or wherever we're at, you know, got to grab a coffee. And, you know, if I, if I did played well the, the day before, got a knock, got a few knocks, you know, I'm getting the same exact order. And if not, I'm switching it up to something else. Yep. We're trying, you know, I'll go from Dunkin' to Starbucks to wherever, local coffee shops, switching it up, trying to find which coffee has the hits in it. <laughs> what was your most successful coffee so far? Dude, Starbucks, Starbucks has been good to me so far. Starbucks has been good, but, you know, I always keep it there. But, you know, sometimes you can't, can't abuse it. So sometimes I switch yeah, it up, go back. Starbucks intimidates me, man. Whenever I'd go, I'd be driving in the drive-thru with my wife. I'd make her lean over and, and say whatever she needed because it's like 10 words for one drink. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh, my girlfriend's the same way. She's ordering some drink that I have no idea how to pronounce. I'm like, you got it. I'm not ordering yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk loud. You got to talk loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah I would say uh, I'm the same way with my daughter. She, uh, she'll sit there and she'll text, hey, can you stop at Starbucks? I'm like, okay, I'll stop for you. And then yep. like, I have to go in and then just show my phone to them. Yep. And, and, and they're like, you have a teenage daughter? I'm like, yeah. Yep. She goes, okay, yep. we understand. Like, yep, it's, there it is. Because it's like, like you guys, you guys both know, it's like, okay, I want three shots of this, you know, <laughs> a, a double of this. Uh, I'm like, what? Like, whatever yeah, happened like, to... Ice, white, like, mocha, caramel. Oh, like... I don't drink coffee, but whatever happened to coffee, cream, or sugar? Yeah. Like, or coffee black? Like, yeah. Yo, they're good, though, man. The drinks are good. I can't They lie. are good, but, yeah, I can, I'm can. i good with a simple coffee. But, you know, when when I'm there, you know, there's so many options, and they're good. I, I'll try them out. So uh, what was the – what was your biggest experience, you know, your proudest moment so far uh, in the Red Sox organization besides – getting that phone call man there's been a few um i'd say definitely my uh my my 21 season in high eight um breaking the the greenville drive home run record was was really cool and you know it meant a lot to me um and then uh nick northcutt who was traded last year came in and broke it the next year as (laughs) i'm I'm boys with so i text him i said congrats man which was awesome for him, but you know that was definitely one for sure. You know, uh, a good, a great accomplishment for me, and you know, just a testament to a lot of hard work. But then, uh, I mean, this year probably one of the coolest things, man, was this year uh, in spring training. Was uh, I actually got to start a 
a big league spring training game against the Yankees at in Tampa at the Yankees field. And uh, it was kind of like a, a lot of the guys weren't traveling. So, you know, I ended up starting that game and left and I was, dude, I was nervous. I got the text the night before I was like, home oh, against, you know, I grew up a Yankees fan. So to go there and play and start and, you know, their guys were playing, you know, judge was in left for them. And like, I see the lineup judges in left for them. I'm in left for us. And, you know, it was, a, cool. it was, it was a really cool experience for me growing up a Yankees fan, you know, hitting BP on the field, seeing all those guys up close. And then, you know, I ended up, I think I went two for three with a homer that day. And it was just an unbelievable experience, you know, to, to do that against, you know, the team I grew up, you know, rooting for. And that was my first time at their spring training facility. So it was just a, just an awesome experience. And then, I guess last last thing would probably be last year uh, with Portland uh, making the playoffs in the second half. Didn't have a great first half, but then uh, really turning on the second half and, you know, making the playoffs was a really awesome experience. DC, you have anything else? Uh, so being from Jersey, this is kind of not baseball related, but uh, yeah. you're an NFL guy. This could go different ways. So, Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, yeah, I'm a Jets fan. I'm sure you guys are Patriots fans. So <laughs> no, actually, so we're we're from PA. We're actually from Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. So we're like, so when I saw uh, State or um, Penn State, you were committed. I was like, that's like an hour and a half from where we're from. But uh, okay. I'm a Birds fan, so I can respect oh. the, the Jets. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I was just and, hoping uh, it wasn't the Giants. No, Jets fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited for this season uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, we can uh, you know actually put together a decent season here. There's some some hype around the team this year. I'm excited, but Actually, um, actually, the past two off seasons I've spent uh, in in Philly. Uh, last off season, I actually lived about a mile and a half from the stadiums. Oh, so right. I go to more Eagles and Philly events than than I do Jets for sure. I'm I'm not over at a Xfinity Live. If you ever have seen that place, yeah, uh, for crazy. just about just about every Eagles get all my buddies are Eagles fans. So I'm there just about every Sunday with 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 my buddies and you know it's all That's i mean awesome. eagles fans are are one of a kind man it's it's an awesome atmosphere sometimes i'm afraid to tell people i'm an eagles fan especially you know having a, a red sox podcast but uh yeah dude the the fans can be a little brutal i try not to be like that but uh i can see why they have the reputation they do yeah no i love i love tailgating eagles games i love going to them you know the all my friends are like I said are Eagles fans and they're all crazy but it's all it's a good That's time awesome. man. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh on the other half of the New York I'm a Giants fan okay so uh, uh DC and I have have a small disagreement you know a yep. couple months out of the season uh but the the New England fans the Patriots fans they definitely despise us because well they just couldn't beat Eli yeah <laughs> hey same with the Eagles man Nick Foles, baby. Let's Nick go. Foles took down took down Tom Brady too. Uh, yeah. no, that my, was wild. That was a crazy, crazy game. I remember yeah. that one. My my biggest question I would always love to ask Tom Brady is how can you handle the better Manning brother but lose to the lesser Manning brother? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's like he owned you know Peyton for the longest time and then he he just Unless Peyton was always like in his ear, okay, they're gonna do this, so you gotta do this. Yeah. But you know, both Super Bowls, uh, I almost lost my TV twice. Uh, <laughs> the, 
the the uh the plaxico uh you know saved the, the one and then, yep, and then the, the Tyree uh, catch. The Tyreek. Hey, uh, I I always wanted to shout out to those Patriots. Uh, you know, if they didn't deflate those footballs, I probably shouldn't say this on here. But David Tyree yeah, never. <laughs> David Tyree never would have caught that. Uh, caught that football. Yeah, we're gonna lose like a thousand followers on. on, on <laughs> All the new we, only, we only have like twelve hundred, bro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no. Going back to what you're saying about Manny, you know, he couldn't beat him, Manny. I mean, that's just sports, you know. I, I feel that way with baseball is like some pitchers, you know, you just have, and you'll see in the big leagues, like Devers just has Cole's number, you know, Cole's one of the best, like some guys and you'll see even the minor leagues, like some guys, you just have their number and you know, you're going to get them. And then there's other pitchers who may not even be that great. And they just, they have your number, you know, um, they just, Pretty it's just sports, day, man. man. It's the nature of sports. Well, yep. uh, uh, speaking of this, it's time to ask my, my, my favorite question. We just started asking it recently. Hot tub time machine. You can go back in the time to face any pitcher one-on-one. Bottom of the ninth. Any pitcher you want. Who would it be and why? Wow. Yeah, a little bit of a loaded question for you. That is a good one because it's like. There's guys I'd want to face, but there's also guys that like I would want to face, but I don't think I'd be successful. Also. So <laughs> it's like, like, like blindly, like as soon as you ask that, I'm like Randy Johnson. But then I'm thinking yeah. I'm like left on left. I don't love my chances against <laughs> Randy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> that is a good. That's a good question, man. Rand, Randy Johnson would definitely be up there. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Roger Clemens, man. I Give me Roger Clemens on the bump. I mean, growing up, you know, watching him, he was, he was the man, you know, and you know, you know what they say? Like, if you want to, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So give me Roger Clemens on the mound, right, right on left. Uh, I'll take my chances. <laughs> that, uh, I, I oh, love yeah. that. It, it's so far, it's been a lot more variety on the hitters that we've asked. Yeah. Uh, the pitchers, both times Barry Bonds. They, you know, they, they sit there and said Barry Bonds with it, you know, hands down. Yeah, you want so, to face the best. Yeah. So Tyler, uh, want to thank you for giving us some of your time and coming on. Uh, this the floor is yours. Where can everybody find you and uh, reach out to you? Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. I, I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm on social media at Tyler Dearden, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, you know, for the, the older people. Yeah, it's like my parents, I tell my parents, yeah, I'm on Facebook, mom, if you want to check out what I'm doing, but I don't use that <laughs> as much. But yeah, Instagram and Twitter, Tyler Dearden. Okay. Well, Tyler, uh, we would love to have you back on at, at a point as, you know, your career progresses, and we would love to sit there and be a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Reach out to me whenever, man. I'm always, I'm always open to hop on. I enjoyed talking with you guys. Yeah, really appreciate so, you going on, man. Yes, the, thank you, and uh, good luck tonight, then. Thank you. Appreciate it.